Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Uh, welcome to the show. Today, remember, the month of March is dedicated to St. Joseph, so we pray St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. Lots to talk about today. We want to talk about how abortion destroys men and women. We want to do kind of a, a deep psychological dive on, on, on the consequences of the sin of abortion as it relates to men and women. Then we want to talk about the infiltration of the Catholic Church. This is what's called the Spirit of Vatican II. In, in, in relation to the homosexuality that's rampant right now in the Catholic Church amongst the clergy, uh, a great uh, Catholic priest from Poland has, has dubbed the times that we're living in right now the homo heresy and the church's apparent eclipse. We'll be talking about that in uh, the way Cardinal McElroy, he had a huge role in this. Uh, Paul, hey, welcome, bro. We're 10-8. We're How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Jess. Good to be here. Yep. Well, let's jump. Let's just get right to it. I want to talk about in this first segment. I want to talk about uh, the cavalier attitude, Paul, that a lot of men have in regards to abortion, and the destructive effect it has on women and even men without knowing it. Yes. Now, here's my take. That I want to get your take. I've always believed because men are called to be the atoms. Uh, they're the predators. They're the seekers. They're the ones that are supposed to initiate. They're the ones that are supposed to be the leaders, protectors, providers. They're the ones that are supposed to be the, the, be the patriarchs and priests of their home. So mm-hmm. I've, I've always maintained that abortion is a man-caused problem. And in my opinion, men that participate in abortion cavalierly, it makes them worse. It Mm -hmm. makes them irresponsible. And you know what it does? It makes Mm. them dependent on the government. It makes them lazy and it makes them accomplices to murder of of which one day they will render an account before the tribunal of Christ. They will stand guilty if they don't repent of murdering their child. And in my opinion, and I think history will, will bear this out, hell will be full of men who participated in the, in the murder of their child and did not repent. Your take. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the story of uh, Adam and Eve, Jess, where when the devil went to attack Eve, when Eve was beguiled, uh, a lot of people have the idea that, well, where was Adam? <laughs> well, Adam was there. <laughs> And Adam refused to uh, to be chivalrous in a sense and to defend his wife, and uh, and so so when we look at this issue of abortion, Jess, I see it, you know, the whole issue going on. So there, you know, there's a cumulative effect. When I when I say that, I mean the fact that uh, uh, society has basically and the government, uh, you know, uh, they make it. Uh, advantageous for people not to be married. And so there's this lack of commitment in relationships. Uh, And so then if a man then isn't in the proper role as husband to the wife, um, 
then everything else just starts uh, disintegrating and it just falls apart and it doesn't work. You know, Jess, I was listening um, just to, just to, you know, change the, I mean, stay on the subject, but uh, there was a, um, um, a survey done by the National Library of Medicine. And, and just to show you, you know how we always say, uh, you know, you can get stats to say whatever you want right. it, them to say. Well, their conclusion at the end of their, their study, I just want to read it to you. It's very short, yep. but uh, listen up. Their conclusion is um, groups opposed to abortion have used studies showing associations between abortion and mental disorders to advocate for restrictive policies. The results reported here show that policies which require women uh, be told that abortion increases their risk of anxiety, depression, and suicide lack an evidence base. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, the, in this wow. study, it was not abortion that increased women's risk of these mental health problems, but rather prior mental health problems that increase women's risk for both abortion and subsequent mental health disorders and suicidal behaviors. Wow. This does not mean that abortion care settings uh, should ignore mental health risk. Women seeking abortions may be at higher risk for prior for prior mental health disorders, and the abortion care setting may be an important intervention point for medical health screening and referrals. Jess, again, Jess, you can twist the truth. You can uh, any any which way, but at least what they're doing in a subtle way is they're acknowledging the fact that there are a lot of women who have a lot of problems as a result, uh, you know, after the fact of abortion, but they try to then, you know, put the onus on, oh, it was their problems beforehand. It was the, it was the fact that they were mentally unstable beforehand that caused that. It wasn't the abortion. Yeah. And I've never heard of such malarkey just because I have personal knowledge yeah family uh, members family members all of us do yes family members that have gone through and and i have learned of the struggles and the uh the fact that uh uh the, the attempted suicides uh it, it's just horrible and it's just a shame that these people won't acknowledge that but again you know in law enforcement just we always say follow the money and so and sacred scripture tells us love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So when you have the medical industry doing this so-called uh, study to determine if, in fact, uh, these things exist, they you know, they're disingenuous. Why? Because they profit from this. They you know, the stem cell research that they get, uh, the stem cells from these aborted fetuses and so forth. And I'm going to say I, I said fetuses, but I mean children. Let's call it what it is. These aborted children. Um, it's 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 just a shame, Jess. Paul, let me tell you, just bringing it, bringing the topic of abortion to our Catholic faith and the, and the sacramental theology. Mm -hmm. Dr. Peter Crave says the following quote, abortion is the Antichrist demonic parody of the Eucharist. That, mm. That's why it uses the same holy words. This is my body. Mm. With, with the blasphemous opposite meaning of the Eucharist. Yes, yes, my body. Oh, I, I didn't even put that together, but uh, Dr. Creep was, uh, 
Uh, he, he was prescient. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the prayers of the that's the Eucharistic prayer that's prayed at the last. Jesus Christ prayed at the Last Supper. This is my body. And the abortionists they take the words of Christ and they twist it and they say yes. this is my body. You know, Paul Rush Limbaugh, who uh, most people don't realize that he uh, he was a Catholic. Uh, mm-hmm. He just kept it kind of a, you know, he was already hated enough, so he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to uh, have people pig piling him even more. But he mm-hmm. said this several years ago. He said this quote: "The root of our problems in America, the root of our cultural rot and decay, of irresponsibility, of economic woes, of violence in our country, why ten-year-olds are shooting each other." Why our society is permissive and ornery. This is obvious to me. Abortion is the foundation of all our problems. How can we eliminate 60 million of our children and not be damaged by it psychologically? We need that 60 million people contributing to our society, paying taxes, and more. Close quote. Paul, he nailed it. My opinion, he he nailed it. Yeah, he did. Think what you will about Rush Limbaugh, but uh, uh, you know, you know, he 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 understood some basic truths that he that he put forth, and uh, uh, really, they're uncontestable, uh, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me share with Mother, Saint Mother Teresa. This is another bold proclaimer of of, of uh, the sanctity of human life. Back in 1997, in February at a prayer breakfast, at a White House prayer breakfast when Bill Clinton was the president and the first lady was Hillary Clinton. And both of them are obviously two unswerving supporters of abortion. St. Mother Teresa laid out the case clearly in front of a packed room. El Gore was there and his wife. He said this, quote, she said this, she said, quote, what is taking place in America is a war against the child. And if we accept that the mother can kill her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill one another? Mm. Say Mother Teresa. Mm. Again, and you know, Catholic common sense, Paul. Catholic common yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know that uh, uh, obviously, and, and here's the other thing, just uh, these things go against common sense, and we we say it a lot, but we say how much sin makes you stupid right yes. and and a lot of people say well that sounds a little bit rough but no that's just we're putting it in our own words but what sacred scripture clearly teaches is that when we begin the road of sin when we detach ourselves away from god uh our intellect then becomes darkened and our ability to reason and to um uh, uh and our understanding for truth uh is is extinguished and uh, as the great St. Augustine, and I always say it, you know, he understood that, listen, we were created for God. Man is a contingent, yes. Uh, in other words, we don't find uh, meaning within ourselves because, you know, if we try to, we're going to end up like Solomon when he said, all is vanity. It's vanity. It means nothing. We try to find these um We'll pick it up on the other side of the break. <laughs> Absolutely. You're listening to Jesus 911 Two Man Car talking about uh, abortion as a man caused problem, but it affects men and women both equally in this life and in the next if you don't repent. And then we'll talk about the homo heresy. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Gold Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car talking about the consequences of abortion. Paul, one of the things that our society has done to dumb young people down in terms of, of innocent human life is in 1980, the U.S. Supreme Court, they took down the Ten Commandments from all public schools. So if you've been to public school, gone to public school post-1980, guess what? You've never seen the Ten Commandments in a public school classroom. And so the Fifth Commandment is, you shall not kill. But actually, in the Hebrew, it's actually, you shall not murder. The Hebrew word is ratzach, Mm -hmm. you shall not murder. And what's the definition of murder in Hebrew, it is a killing of an innocent human being. And so with the removal of the Ten Commandments in, from the public schools, and I've read that 94% of Catholics go to public school, uh, is it a wonder why we have many Catholics that have just embraced moral relativism? Paul, your take? Yeah. Uh, Jess, I'm glad you made that distinction because uh, oftentimes we who are um, pro-life uh, get accused of uh, by the other side of oh, but yet you guys want to execute uh, inmates. You know there is a distinction between murder and killing. Yes, uh, the killing is simply the taking of a life, like David did to Goliath. Y- yeah, but but the but the facts matter. <laughs> you know. Yes. And so and so when somebody is. You know, uh, when a sentence is imposed by a just government, of course, uh, you know, uh, I think most people kind of recognize that. But this is this is what they do. These are the the, the types of games that they play. And um, this is why abortion is such a, a grievous sin, by the way, because it is the murdering of the very of the most innocent. And uh, how long before that blood cries out to God and judgment then uh, comes, Jess? Yes. Uh, uh, I I really fear for our country right now because uh, we're doubling down and we are, uh, our legislators uh, on the left, of course, are making every effort to try to um, uh, 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 allow abortion to be the law of the land. Uh, and, um, you know, again, I'm just going to predict that if we continue to resist God, if we continue to resist his grace, if we don't repent, like, uh, uh, uh when, uh, God sent Jonah to Nineveh, the Ninevites, they repented. If we don't repent, uh, judgment will come period. That's just a fact. Um, yeah, that's if, my take on that. If you look at salvation history, you'll see that uh, when nations fall into wicked sin, yes. God judges the nations by destroying them. Yes, Manasseh comes to mind in the 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 the, uh, the king in the line of David when he, you know, was sacrificing the innocence of Israel. Um, that, and that's the point that I'm making: is there's two sins. Mm-hmm. There's two sins where you cross the line with God, and America's crossed that line is when you kill innocent babies, it's called infanticide in scripture, God Mm -hmm. wipes out nations, God brings judgment upon nations because those are God's favorites. And the second thing that God does not allow is people that try to redefine marriage and start start an entire culture of sodomy. 
Yeah. God will destroy it. And, and guess what? America has legislated through, fe- through you know, judicial fiat both of these sins that cry out to heaven. And uh, we're about to experience the judgment of God. We're already experiencing it, but it could get a lot worse if we don't repent and if we don't come back, as it says in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if yeah. my people humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways... Uh, and he and, and and repent of their sins. Then I will heal their land. Mm. But it's contingent. You know, the judgment of God is contingent, uh, or or to or to hold back the judgment of God is contingent upon the faith and behavior of God's people. Amen. And and uh, you know, the, the, just to finish a thought before the break that I was thinking, you know, if we understand that man. He basically finds his meaning outside of himself and can only be found in God because that's, you know, God created us according to St. Augustine for himself. And and until the human being realizes that, uh, it's like he goes around incomplete. He goes around disordered, dysfunctional. And this is why we see, you know, the ills of society. And, 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 and by the way, the reason why I believe a lot of women tend to, uh, you know, uh, become suicidal and things like that. It's because, you know, inside every person just there is a, you know, um, we know there's, you know, there, there, there's something, we know there's something outside of ourselves, whether you acknowledge him as uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the savior of the world or not. But as people look for, uh, you know, outside of themselves to find that meaning, they realize and I think it dawns on them the horrible thing that they've done. And this is what incites them to um, decide to want to die because of it. They want to kill themselves. I mean, I, I, so many women have suffered. They've, you know, they've tried to hang themselves. They've tried to overdose and all these things. And this is, you know, the typical left is, hey, nothing to see here. Don't look this way. Oh, she's just, you know, this person just has problems, mental problems. But a lot of these things are quite obviously you can connect them right back to this issue that they are uh, attempting to just dismiss as oh it's a non-issue. Paul, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go extreme here. I'm gonna show you how wicked abortion is. Okay. Jex Jex Blackmore and Lucian Greaves are the founder of the Church of Satan in the United States. Their headquarters is in uh, uh, Detroit, Michigan. So okay. both, both these two young guys are the founders, it's actually called, it's a breakoff from LaVey's church, it's called the Temple Mm -hmm. of Satan. And these guys are very active, very active politically, and very Mm. very active in setting setting up after-school programs, satanic after-school care. Uh, You know, these are the ones that set up the uh, drag queen story hours and libraries. These guys are very active. Here's what they say in their own words, these founders of the satanic temple. They say, quote, Killing babies through abortion is a religious, protected, satanic ritual. Here's what they say. Mm. They say, abortion is our sacrament, close quote. So by by their own admission, the two founders of the Temple of Satan, which is a breakoff of the Church of Satan, these are young guys. These these guys are Harvard graduates, by the way. Mm -hmm. These are young guys. By their own admission... Uh, they're they're ba- essentially admitting that abortion clinics are satanic places of worship, and guess what? The Democrats 
uh, and the temple of Satan, both of them work side by side, hip to hip, hand in hand, in trying to promote pro-abortion legislation from one state to another. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this, Jess. This is why true historic Catholic faith, we believe in what's called religious tolerance. You know, in the temporal world, we understand that, you know, there are certain things, you know, that can be tolerated within, you know, a society, but we don't believe that everybody has the right to uh, freedom of religion, so to speak. And what do I mean by that? Well, it's because rights, I understand, and you understand, they are given to us by God. And God, so we never have the right to worship a false God. And so what they've done under this idea of, yeah, well, you know, hey, freedom of religion and separation of church and state and let everybody do their own thing. Well, and and, and I've seen it even as a, as, a, as a deputy, you know, when I used to go, you know, to these um, um, – uh, council meetings, city council meetings. And, you know, you have the, the pastor or the priest come in and, and, and say the prayer and, and bless the proceedings. And then all of a sudden the Wiccans and the witches and, and the Satanists, they want to come in and exercise their religious right to do these things. Wow. And like I said, sin makes you stupid. Again, they don't have a right. And in this case, we don't even tolerate and we should uh, you know, uh, and, and, and until society gets that right, uh, you're going to see the uh, society continually to circle the drain until eventually it leads to some monstrosity uh, of this worldwide religion to which the Antichrist is going to take the platform and, and be in control of. We're seeing the, pre- the, the precipitations, the beginnings of this, of this uh, false worldwide religion. Uh, they broke yep. ground zero in Abu Dhabi uh, over in the United Emirates. Uh, in this one location, they built a Catholic church, a Jewish synagogue, and a Muslim mosque. And the architecture, mm. it's ugly. It's ugly, banal, <laughs> modern architecture. But they're they're right next to each other, and they're facing each other. And they're trying to promote this as the 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 holy trinity of the Abrahamic religions, Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. But this yes. is the beginnings, Paul, the beginnings of this false ecumenism, this worldwide religion. Well, actually, the false ecumenism yeah. started with the spirit of Vatican II. When they yeah, I remember a movie, Jess, and in this movie, it was a man, and he basically constructed, you know, uh, another man from different body parts, and it was called Frankenstein. <laughs> That's what we're doing, and I'm, and I'm telling you, we're doing this that with, is we're doing that with the, with the, with our religion, with the, with our liturgy, yes, our church buildings, yeah, we're, with human beings, we're yes, Frankenstein is alive and well, Paul. Yeah, Jess, for what fellowship have darkness to do with the light? Not, and this is another thing, Jess, and I'm just going to say it, you know, um, because. In modern times, and by the way, let's not forget that sacred scripture says that in latter days, men will not endure sound teaching. This idea, there is a false ecumenism out there. Can you imagine that if if God told Moses and them, hey, don't worry about Dagon, the Philistine God. Don't worry about the Canaanites. You know what I mean? As a matter of fact, just build a little hut over here and put them all together. And we'll just say that, you know, they all have elements of truth. You know, Jess, uh, you know. You know, again, I know 
that there are people that, that you know, maybe well-intentioned that want to look at that and say, oh, we're just trying to find something in order to win souls. But let me tell you something. Um, that that mentality results in the fact that when you go to mass and you see these people with blue hair and purple hair and two women holding hands and two men, effeminate looking men there, and they can go to church and they can feel comfortable as if God loves me just the way I am. There's nothing spoken about about repentance. There's nothing spoken about about, you know, this is unholy. When, 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 when Aaron's sons burned unclean fire before the Lord, he destroyed them, mm. you know? Mm. And uh, uh, so all I got to say is we're heading down a path uh, that uh, we don't really want to head down. And so God help us and God raise up holy bishops, holy Amen. priests. Amen. In the words of Dr. Scott Hahn, he says, we don't know what we're doing because we don't know what we're undoing. Mm. Jesus 911 two-man car. Hey, next we're going to talk about uh, the homo heresy problem. We have to uh, put put uh, disinfectant, and we have to speak against the darkness. We'll be back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Hey, this is a season of Lent. This is a time to bust out the sackcloth and ashes. Time, mm. time to add more prayer to your life, uh, more penance uh, in, the, in this next uh, couple of weeks. We have to bump up the prayer and the penance. We have, in other words, and we want to make it to the point where we order our life around prayer so much that after Lent, you've actually bumped up your game and you're saying, you know what? I'm going to incorporate these prayers that I've been doing during Lent. I just feel, uh, I feel uh, that the Lord is calling me to bump up my prayer life. And yes. when you practice something, when you practice something for 40 days, it can become habituated in your soul. Mm. So make sure that yes. you're pursuing a life of interior holiness more and more this Lent. Amen. Well, I want to talk about Cardinal McElroy, the homo heresy and the church's apparent eclipse. Uh, when God allows his church to go through a crisis and shadows of confusion, error and heresy seem to overwhelm it. We can be sure that the church of God remains holy and sanctifying just as the sun is unaffected by the eclipse. Hmm. We're going through one of the most terrible crises the mystical body of Christ has ever suffered in her history. Doctrinal confusion, the horrific effects of which have been felt for half a century, has affected dogma and morals. Moral heresies are being propagated and imposed on the faithful. Given the close relationship between the truths we must believe in and the virtues we must practice to be saved, dogmatic and moral theology are related. It cannot be otherwise. Moralists like Lanza and Palazzini recall that, quote, dogma and moral or morality or rather dogmatic and moral theology are therefore merely two sections of one single science of theology. Let me just mention one thing because people may just want to get some clarification. So let me say, okay, 
Well, I live here under Carlo McCarrick in San Diego, and he's t- he's teaching some things that go against the perennial teachings of the church. Well, remember, as a Catholic, he still has the office of cardinal, the office of bishop, so we must respect the office. Mm-hmm. However, we, we don't give blind obedience to an office. Mm-hmm. That's why, for example, if a soldier uh, blindly obeys uh, his, his uh, superiors in battle and starts killing innocent persons, guess what will happen to that soldier? That soldier is going to be court-martialed and say, "Hey, well, you know, the, uh, but 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 I I was just obeying the orders of my superiors. Didn't you know that going into a village and killing innocent women in a hut and babies, you know, that are unarmed? Uh, didn't you know that just based on natural law and common sense, that's wrong? And, and same thing with us as Catholics. We used to have to use natural law and our faith that God has given us a census for day. And if you hear somebody who is in authority," in a position of authority, teach something that's fundamentally wrong, uh, you have to willfully resist him to the face, like Mm -hmm. St. Paul did to Peter in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul, comments? Yes. uh, I I, I couldn't agree with you more, Jess. What we have, and you say, well, what do we base that on? How do we know when it's time to resist? Well, the Catholic Church has something called the uh, uh, sacred tradition. The Catholic Church also has doctors of the faith. What we believe has been well established. Uh, there are saints, uh, you know, within the church that so the so the deposit of faith that never changes. Uh, so the position of cardinals, bishops, they as the successors of the apostles, just they are supposed to faithfully pass on that which was handed down to them. So the minute they come up with novel ideas or wanting to, you know, somehow uh, take uh, the sacred truths of the faith and change them, however so slight. It's like, you know, we used to say in law enforcement, Jessup, you know, if you've got a gun on somebody and I'm standing directly in front of you and, uh, and, and my hand is cocked, you know, half an inch to the left and I pull the trigger, I'm still going to hit you. But as I, as, as time goes on, this is the however so slight and distance and, and the distance between us is, 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 is created that little half an inch after a while, I'm going to miss you by a country mile. And this is what the modernists have sought to do within our church. They have supplanted error, however, so slight, you know, and, or, 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 or basically they've used the Obama method. I call it the Obama method when Obama was the president and we had all these great laws about maintaining the border and, and, and illegal immigration. And Obama simply chose not to, by executive privilege, so to speak, he chose to ignore those laws. Well, Houston, we have a problem. He doesn't have a right to do that. He is out of his lane when he does that. And this is what's going on in our country. And once again, this is that same idea we talked about earlier, how when 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 people uh, in a society begin to reject God on a wholesale scale, uh, bad things happen. That's That's just my my take. Yep. Let me mention one of the heroes in today's church today. His name is Father Darius Oko. He's a professor of theology at Krakow's Pontifical Academy of Theology. 
Pontifical University of John Paul II, he's the one that coined the term homoheresy to describe mm-hmm. the infiltration of homosexual ideology into the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the document on human fraternity signed by Pope Francis in Abu Dhabi stated the following, quote, the pluralism and the diversity of religions are willed by God in his wisdom, close quote. Uh, I'm glad to see a lot of bishops and cardinals spoke to him and wrote to him, correcting him, mm-hmm. chaired him, mm-hmm. because this relativistic principle was quickly transposed from the dogmatic to the moral field. Pluralism and diversity in sexual morality matters would also be willed by God. Mm-hmm. According to the modernist, the conclusion is that practicing homosexuals and adulterers should be admitted to Holy Eucharist, to the Holy Eucharist, and it is unjust to exclude them according to modernist thought. Mm. Well, Robert McElroy, Cardinal McElroy, the Bishop of San Diego, California, he's among those who draws out the consequences from the premises accepted by Pope Francis. The faulty premises lead to faulty conclusions. Cardinal McElroy, last January, Cardinal McElroy published an article in the Jesuit magazine, America, which is a leftist magazine, in which, among other things, he advocates the inclusion of practicing homosexuals, but he uses a term, the generic term LGBT, in his document. By the way, that's not a, a, that's not a theological term. It's not mm-hmm. a biblical term. That's not a church term, LGBT. But nonetheless, so he uses that, Cardinal McElroy, in his document in American Magazine, advocating the inclusion of practicing homosexuals in all church activities, and especially the reception of Holy Communion. Mm. Stop right there. So you're either going to listen to St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 and following, who was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write those infallible words of Scripture, or you're going to listen to a fallible cardinal that lives in San Diego. I know who I'm going to listen to, Paul. (laughs) Yes. Uh, again, yes, the most unloving thing that that cardinal can do is to give Holy Communion, present the Lord, the risen Lord, Jesus Christ, to somebody who is an unrepentant, unwilling sinner. Because like you said, according to St. Paul, he says, let every man examine himself for whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup in an unworthily manner eats and drinks condemnation unto himself, for he is guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. And by the way, Close quote. <laughs> no, no pope, no bishop, no priest uh, has the authority to change anything in Scripture. They must, they're supposed to faithfully transmit what Scripture says, the deposit of faith. They're supposed yes. to confirm us in our faith in the perennial teachings of the church. Nobody the Bible actually says this in Revelation chapter 22, that nobody has the authority or the power to alter or modify or tinker with any single word in sacred scripture. But now going to the Council of Trent, which was a dogmatic council back in the 15th, 16th century, it was, a, it was basically a council to respond to the errors of the reformers. The Council of Trent teaches, quote, the divine law which excludes from the kingdom of God not only the unbelievers, but also the faithful who are fornicators, adulterers, effeminate, liars with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, railers, extortioners. 
That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. And all others who commit deadly sins, from which the assistance of divine grace they can refrain, and for which they are separated from the grace of God. Close quote. So, one must change the church doctrine on the Eucharist to allow these people to receive Holy Communion without repenting and changing mm. their lives. And guess what? Changing Catholic doctrine, it's no problem for Cardinal McElroy and other modernists. He's, Cardinal McElroy says this, quote, The church must embrace a Eucharistic theology that effectively invites all of the, bapt- all, all of the baptized to the table of the Lord. Rather than a theology of Eucharistic coherence, that multiplies barriers to the grace and gift of the Eucharist. Unworthiness cannot be the prism of accompaniment for the disciples of God, of, of, of the God of grace and mercy. So he just basically saying St. Paul was wrong because St. Paul says you've got to be worthy to receive the body and blood of our Lord. And Cardinal McElroy, a fallible bishop, is saying you don't have to be unworthy to receive the body and blood of Lord. This is, this is about as clear as it gets that this is modernism 101, and this is a, a man who has authority, he's a bishop, but is clearly teaching error as prophesied by Our Lady of La Salette and Our Lady of Akita, Japan. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, God help. I hear the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God help us. Lord, come to our assistance. Lord, make haste to help us. Psalm 69, verse 2. We'll continue talking about the homo heresy and the way uh, this is the battle, Paul, that we will be fighting until the second coming of Christ. Yes. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus Christ is Lord. The Blessed Virgin Mary is our Queen Mother. Two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. Uh, Paul, I'll, I'll tell you, as Catholics, we're not homophobic, we're sinophobic. Amen. And I'll tell you, just, just even just based on natural law, without even going to Scripture, I'll tell you why the practice of homosexuality is is so fundamentally wrong just just based on natural law the reason is is because people that practice a homosexual lifestyle they have a higher rate of depression they have a higher rate of alcoholism they have a higher rate of drug addiction and they have a higher rate of suicide one Mm. two three four because i as a catholic christian follower of christ because i love people and I want what's best for the common good. I want what's best for society. I don't want to see people in my network of family or friends uh, wrestle with higher rates of depression, suicide, alcoholism, and drug addiction. And that's exactly what happens when you thrust yourself into this dark, immoral lifestyle mm-hmm. that, uh, that, is, that is one of the four sins that cries out to heaven. Paul? Yeah, and just... That's only in the temporal that those that those issues are a factor because when, like you say, when we when we all have that exit interview at that point, uh, uh, sacred scripture is pretty clear that those who practice such things shall not inherit 
the kingdom of heaven. So, so after all that suffering, you're going to die and be cast into hell that was prepared for the devil and his angels. And guess what? It was not prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But guess what? Men will be there too. Why, Jess? Because they have rejected the grace of God and the goodness of God. Uh, again, uh, you know, we're not, you know, unsensitive. There are men out there. There are women out there that have, uh, you know, same sex attraction. But there are also men and women out there who have all kinds of other malformed uh, consciences yeah, that, yeah. that seek to do uh, things that uh, God commands us not to do. And so the command for all of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we struggle with, Jess, is uh, uh, the remedy for that is Jesus Christ. The, the command is to repent and then to receive what God has provided for us through the grace of baptism, through bringing us in, through feeding us the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. That is the remedy. That's why we were created. Uh, and until we understand that and move toward that, uh, we will continue to unravel. Homos people were not born homosexuals, and I can tell you, there's a book called "My Genes Made Me Do It." It's by <laughs> it's by Doctor Neil and Briar Whitehead, and yeah. uh, in, in here they it's a scientific book that argues that no, nobody's born that way, and they go through all the scientific arguments. There's also another researcher, rest in peace, the famous Doctor Joseph Nicolosi. He was a famous Catholic psychologist. He had an institute called the National Association for Research and Therapy of Homosexuality. He wrote many, many scientific journal articles saying nobody's born that way. He lectured all over the world. You got Dr. Robert Spitzer. He's a, an American a, a psychiatrist. He also says that nobody was born that way. You got Dr. John Riggs in a famous journal article called The Health Risk of Gay Sex. He says, nobody's born that way. There's no scientific data. You also have Dr. William Byrne and Dr. Bruce Parsons, researchers at the New York State Psych Psych Psychiatric Institute. Both of them have written books saying nobody's born that way. You got Dr. Jeffrey Santinover. He wrote a book called, Is There a Gay Gene? He argues that nobody is born that way, genetically, mm. not genetically determined. You also have the American Psychological Association, they uh, they just changed their tune on the genetic nature of homosexuality. They've just admitted no homosexual gene is found. You got Dr. Avada Offit from Cornell University, same thing, wrote a book called Nobody's Born That Way and a very famous lesbian author. So this was not a doctor. This is a famous lesbian, Donna Minkowitz, She's a Pulitzer-nominated writer and a journalist from Brooklyn, New York. She writes for that the lesbian and homosexual magazine, The Advocate. Here's what she says herself. She admits it. She says, she says, quote, the born gay claim is nothing more than a smokescreen. She, mm -hmm. writes, she writes, most of the line about homosexuality being one's nature and not a choice was articulated as a response to brutal repression. We didn't choose this, so don't punish us for it. Well, 100 years later, it's time for us homosexuals and lesbians to abandon this defensive posture and walk upright on the earth. Maybe you didn't choose to be gay, 
That's fine, but I sure did. Close quote. Yeah. Donna yeah. Minkowitz. She writes for the famous uh, homosexual lesbian magazine called The, uh, the Advocate. You know, Jess, I'm reminded of sacred scripture that talks about, quote, the boastful pride of life, you know, and I can't help but make that connection between this so-called gay pride, you know, the boastful pride of life that, you know, where man can arrogantly say, I choose to do my, my will, not thy will. You know, the the exact opposite of what Jesus Christ said, uh, not my will, but thy will be done. Just this is nothing more than disordered affections. And, you know, and as far as the, uh, you know, people being born that way, well, in a sense, I, I agree with all of that. And in, a, in one sense, I disagree. And here's the sense. We are all born with something called original sin. Right, right. Okay, yeah. And that original sin will manifest itself into actual sin. And and this is the problem. And the reason why we're here every day, and uh, Jesse, and the reason why Jesse has dedicated his life traveling the, traveling the world and doing all the things that he does Half the time, I think you're crazy, Jess, but I, I I understand why you do it. I mean, we shake our heads and go, man, that guy never stops. <laughs> but but I but I can tell you, Jess, uh, the reason why you do that is because you understand the remedy. You understand that God uh, has uh, intervened, you know, uh, with the human race in order to you know, uh, 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 offer to him his mercy and his grace. Go ahead, just take us home. Yes. Uh, you know, just, I just want to mention one thing about first Corinthians chapter six, verse nine to 11. Uh, it says, do you not know that the unjust will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adult, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor boy prostitutes, nor sodomites, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor robbers will inherit the kingdom of God. There are different translations of the Bible that sometimes translate the word sodomites differently. But the word, the Greek word is arsenikotai. The word arsenikotai in a Greek dictionary means a man who lies with a male as with a female. So mm. St. Paul is very clear. The Greek word that he used there, arsenikotai, is a man who lies with a male as with a female. And I just want to say that we as Catholics, we're not homophobic. We're sinophobic. Okay? Mm -hmm. Repeat that again. We are not homophobic. We are sinophobic. And I'll tell you what, what the good news is. The good news is this, is that life is like a credit card. Okay, You can swipe and swipe, but at the very end, somebody's got to pay that bill. Mm -hmm. Guess what? When you die, none of us have enough capital to pay that bill. None of us. The only one that can pay your bill is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did so on Calvary. You have to ask him every day, Lord, forgive me, pay my sin debt and wipe my slate clean. Because you know what all of us are? All of us are in need of a savior. We don't need more lawyers in the world. We don't need more entertainers. We don't need more football and baseball players. We don't need more politicians or dentists or truck drivers. What this world needs is a savior. And Amen. Jesus Christ is the only person that fits the bill. 
He's the mm. only person that's qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. And I know that I'm a broken man. I know that I have disorders and defects and imperfections in my soul because of the original sin. And original yep. sin has been transmitted to every single human being down the Adamic line. This is why we need Jesus, because we're all in need of a Savior. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Almighty Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Paul. Yeah, and 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 the two people that didn't get that original sin are our Blessed Mother and the Lord Jesus Christ, the God Man. <laughs> yeah, and in, yeah. In fact, let me give some some Bible to substantiate that. The Bible says about the Blessed Virgin Mary in Luke chapter one verse twenty six, "Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee." Okay. Mm. The Bible also says in John chapter one verse fourteen about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says. He was full of grace and truth. So there are yes. two people in sacred scripture, only two people, only Amen. two people called full of grace. That's the Lord Jesus Christ and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Full of grace means you're full of the life of God. The rest of us, none of us are full of grace. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, St. Peter says, the first pope, to all of us, he says, quote, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Close Amen, quote. brother. And that's what we're Amen. all doing. We're all growing in grace through the through the our Catholic faith, through prayer, through penance, through suffering, by studying our faith, and by living a life of virtue. And But don't be afraid. Remember, we serve the Blessed Virgin Mary, the 12-star general. Pray Amen. your rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. Live in a state of grace and pursue a life of virtue. That's holy habits. Paul, take it away. Yes, listen. The zeitgeist, that is to say that, you know, there, there, there is a world view out there Uh that is militating against you on every level. But this is why we call it church militant. Uh, we are right now, uh, uh, we are foreigners uh, on, uh, you know, we, we are sojourners in a foreign land. We are ambassadors. The Bible tells us that our citizenship is in heaven. God, come, he tells us, come out from amongst them. Be ye separate. Men, stand tall for your families. Mothers, defend your children. And let's give God what God is due. Yes. And you know what? A lot of people talk about the Antichrist. Hey, if the Antichrist is in the world, so be it. We've got Jesus. We've got our Amen. lady. We've got St. Michael. If the, if the Antichrist is here, guess what? Let him find all of us standing tall and opposing Amen. him. God bless you. Keep the faith. See you next time.